Hello, everyone. Welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F. as in fellowship, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Connecticut. Today is Friday, September 10th, 2021, and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are in Chapter 6, Into Action, on page 84. We will be reading and commenting on just two sentences, and they start on line 4 on page 84 with, we will lose interest in selfish things and end with self-seeking will slip away. Today's readers are Tanya G, Kathy M, Roz G, Sam S, and Reba P. The share ID numbers for yesterday, Thursday, September 9th, 2021 are 17,712 for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, that's 17712, and 17,714 for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, that's 17714. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask <clears throat> Tanya, excuse me, <clears throat> I will now ask Tanya G to read the OA 12 steps. Good morning, everyone. Tanya G, um, the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless more inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed, became willing to make amends to them all. 
Nine, may direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer, meditation, and pre-birth conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service. And um, I pass. Have a beautiful day. Thank you, Tanya G. I will now ask Kathy M. to read the OA 12 tradition. Kathy M. Star 1 to unmute. Good morning. I thought I was unmuted already. This is Kathy M. Recovering in Michigan. Thank you for allowing me to do service. These are the 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group might never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and film. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for allowing me to be of service, and I hope everyone has a wonderful day. Thank you, Kathy M. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we re-
resume our study of the big book and we will be reading and commenting on the two sentences that start on line four on page 84 with we will lose interest in selfish things and end with self-seeking will slip away. I will now ask Roz G to go ahead and read that for us. Good morning. My name is Roz G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Palmdale, California. So the sentences today are, we will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Well, I was, um, when I called in this morning uh, and I was given my assignment today, uh, I didn't really, I didn't know what sentences we were going to be reading. And so I didn't have a lot of time to think about it, but I did for the little time that I had. And what came to me was that I still believe that I do have a little bit of uh, self-seeking um, in, in that and in things that I do, but it's a lot better than it used to be. It's a lot different than when it used to be. So for selfishness, uh, I'm always reminded in my nightly reviews and in my 10 steps that when people don't do things my way, when people don't stick to my script, in the big book, that's a selfish attitude um, because, you know, I want to be, I want to have that script where, you know, I'm the director and all of the actors in the show um, obey my commands. And when they don't, I get resentful, um, and I, I recognize that so much more today. So while I still have selfish attitudes, I get them in check. And with the self-seeking, I want, that's for me, you know, my, the way I define that is what am I going to get out of this? And in the past, uh, I thought about my church activities, uh, you know, in the morning, ladies, ladies' Bible studies, I'd always look for what's on the dessert table instead of what's the, the scripture that we're going to be studying today. Always looking at, you know, always thinking about the coffee and donuts. Uh, on the retreats that I went to, always thinking about what are we going to have to eat? What is the dessert going to be? Any kind of gatherings, parties, what's the food? You know, what kind of cake is there going to be? You know, what, what am I going to get out of this situation? And boy, I'm telling you, my attitude has changed because there's in the, you know, where it says in the big book, look for what we can bring to a situation rather than what we can get out of it. And that's a big, that's a big attitude changer for a selfish, self-centered lady like me. So today... I get here. I, I get up very early in the morning to work with people, and a lot of times I'll work with somebody for a couple of days at four thirty in the morning, five in the morning, and they'll say, "You know, I really am not ready to do this, or I really don't want to do this." So it's not that I'm, you know, I'm looking for what I can get out of it. It's uh, so what I can do to help this person, and I do get things out of it because it helps keep me abstinent. It helps keep me on the right path. Um, so today, you know, as, an, as I go to work, I look to see what I can do to help my students, 
what I can do to be a blessing and a help to the staff. I look to do today. I look to see how I can help my my 80 year 83 year old mom. You know, not looking for what I can get out of it, but what I can do to help her. My attitude has changed a lot about what I can do to be of service rather than what am I going to get out of it. Although when I am of service to people, when I am sponsoring others, when I am working with others, I do get a wonderful recovery out of it. I get I gain wisdom and I learn and I impart that onto the people. It's like a a wonderful circle. And so that's what I can share on those two sentences and I pass. Thank you very much. Thank you, Rajji, for reading and getting us started with your share. Now, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So if you haven't shared on A Vision for You on Wednesday or Thursday and would like to share on the two sentences that start on line four on page 84 with, we will lose interest in selfish things through self-seeking will slip away, please press star one to unmute and state your first name and last initial. Carmela G. Nessa R. Devora S. Rick Rick J. Dara L. Devora. Wait a minute. Rick, I think it was. And was it Dara? Yes, Dara. Okay. Loretta H. Loretta H. Okay, here's who I wrote down, and then you tell me if I didn't hear your name. Carmela G, Nessa R, Deborah, Rick, uh, Dara L, and Loretta H. Okay. We're going to go with the six of you. And if I didn't put your last initial down, you'll let us know when you share. Carmela G, go right ahead. Carmela, you need to unmute. Thank you so much, Rebecca. And to everyone on the line, my name is Carmela G, a grateful compulsive overeater recovered for today. Um, in disease, I totally denied any selfishness. I was the most caring, self-giving person that walked this earth. And then when I realized why I was doing things, it was all for what I was going to get back. Today, through the miracle of my higher power giving me each day and my gratitude for that is phenomenal. But Today, I totally think differently. I totally respond differently. And it is truly from my heart. And how do I know this? How do I know it is because my actions, my actions are proving it. 
And I'm surprising myself some days with my actions. Because every day I wake up and I ask my higher power, please direct me the way you want me to be. And I'm going to give one example that blew me away and filled me with such joy this week that it reminded me so much of this. ShopRite parking lot. I heard someone as I was putting the groceries in my car. Oh, this is disgusting. And normally in my disease, I would say, oh, God, another nut. Let me mind my business and just do what I was doing. Focus on self. Two days ago, instead of focusing on self, I turned, I looked, and there was a young man who had to pick up the trash from the parking lot. And he was bending over. And I saw that his hands got soiled. He didn't have gloves on. So I took a wipe, stopped doing what I was doing, took a wipe, walked over, wiped his hands for him because his other hand was busy holding the bag. And I said, here, here's a clean wipe. Let me help you. Well, this young man stood up and he smiled. Teeth missing and I realized he was somewhat challenged in his abilities. And he said, ma'am, thank you so much. No one ever did that for me. And I said, you're very welcome. And that joy that filled me was such a gift. And with that, I pass. Thanks so much, Carmela G. Nessa R. Hi, good morning. This is Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. And uh, how do you follow a share like that? My gosh, I still have chills. Um, um, I would say that um, before recovery, I was looking out for number one always and exclusively and now I'm still looking out for number one Uh, not always and not exclusively um, sadly uh, but the number one has changed Uh, instead of living a self-centered life I'm trying to live uh, to the best of my ability I've got centered life so now God is number one and and then this promise now it's really like the guiding principle in my my life you know, when we have, when we say, you know, we have got to mold our ideals, but this is my ideal, you know, to focus on what I'm needed for instead of focusing on what I need. And what I'm needed for is to serve God and help others, you know. And um, um, for me, the issue is I can become overly invested in helping others. You know, and, and nowhere I see this more than with sponsees. Um, you know, I love my sponsees and I want them to recover. Uh, and sometimes I want them to recover more than they want to recover. And so um, I have to pull back and say, okay, what am I needed for, right? Not to push my values, not to push even recovery upon them. Uh, but to let them find it within themselves, um, you know, and I, 
you know, I've heard it said in this in this line that uh, a man convinced against his will is of the same mind still. Um, and so sometimes what I'm needed for is just to step back. And I think that that applies also in all my relationship with friends, with my husband, with my children, you know, um, in my eagerness to be of service, I have to make sure that I'm not doing for people what they should be doing for themselves, because then that develops into a, I don't know, people pleasing kind of codependent relationship. So, so, so I have to watch out for that. But as long as I keep this, this ideal in mind, you know, what am I needed for? Um, I think that God will, will show me exactly what it is that I need to do. Um, and another thing that, um, you know, I think about when, when, I, when I ponder this is the fact that I have to focus on what I'm needed for, even when it's inconvenient, uh, even when it's a stretch for me because time is uh, precious and, 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 and very scarce, you know, um, you know, like the past few days, you know, like preparing mm. for the Jewish holidays. Thank you. Um, well, I won't, I'll spare the story. And uh, with that, I pass. Thanks. Darn it, we ran out of time, Nessa. Deborah S, is it? Deborah, you're next. Hey, good morning, Rebecca. Thank you, and thank everyone on this line for being here. My name is Devora S, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. And these two sentences, the feeling, the we will believe lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellow self-seeking will slip away. You know, how true that is. Um, you know, it's not perfect. Because um, if I was perfect, you know, <laughs> then what was the point of me being here, you know? Um, this program is, is intended for me to get out of myself and be closer to God, to get out of my will and speak out ways and how I can get closer to God. And I really believe that that's, you know that's the purpose of 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 losing interest in myself and 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 look to see what how I can help another person. That's what God wants for me today. Um, and um, and is it perfect? No, it's not. But that's why I have these ten steps to show me to see what my side was about, how I was being so selfish and self-seeking. And and then afterwards, what do we do? We have to reach out. We have to call someone. We have to see how I can be of service to another person. And you know this program is constantly, you know, doing that for me. And it's, and I've learned that through, through my fellowship, through, through hearing your stories and, and hearing how I need to be constantly diligent about working my steps. Um, this, you know, especially steps 10, 11, and 12, because that is the steps that are going to bring me out of myself and close to God and helping other people. Um, so I'm so grateful for each day that I have this opportunity. When I do see my selfishness come up, I immediately have to remember, okay, it's not about me. The whole, there's a whole world of people out there, and God is running it, and it's not me. Um, and to see how I can bring something to the situation instead of, things, instead of me thinking that I, I know what's best and gain, and, and everyone has to, it, the world evolves around me. So each day is another opportunity for me to work this, um, and um, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for that, that there's the clarity is there, um, because, you know, before program, it was just not. I was so buried in, in my own self, 
you know, what was I doing? I was eating and eating to survive and eating to get what I wanted and losing interest in what was going around me. And, you know, if people in my family, members of my family needed help, I was so oblivious to it, I couldn't give them my 100% um, because I was so fogged out on the food and drunk on food and couldn't, you know, um, couldn't, couldn't deliver. Um, so I'm grateful for today that um, my head is not there and I can stay in touch with people around me. It's in my family and in my community as well. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, and I, <laughs> I really think that this is our job in program. You know, this is how I get close to God, just getting out of me and, 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 and helping other people. That's right. what God wants for me today. And, you know, so thank you for another opportunity for all you being here. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Devorah S. Rick. Is it Rick J? Rick? Hi. Good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Rick J. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Cary, North Carolina. And uh, thanks for your service. That's good to be here. Um, I love these these two sentences. And, you know, the one, two right before this one, too, it's talking about uh, that feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. And, and now we're losing interest in selfish things and gaining interest in our fellows. Self-seeking is slipping away. You know, when I, I look over, you know, I'm thinking about the, um, you know, what it's telling me, the uh, the root of our troubles. You know, it's driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-seeking, and self-pity. You know, we step on the toes of our fellows and they retaliate. You know, a hundred forms of this stuff, you know. I mean, this is at my very core, you know, and, and these things, you know, um, you know, create an extreme example of self-will running riot. And, you know, and that was me, you know, living in, you know, this selfishness, self-centered world, this, this existence, you know, and those bedevilments it talks about, you know, I mean, I, um, you know, being a prey to misery and depression, you know, unhappy, um, you know, I couldn't be real help to anyone. And I was always trying to fill this hole, you know, that black hole in my soul, you know, it's, it's like I was desperately trying to, you know, to fill it. And I always needed more. And it was almost this frantic scramble, this scramble to get things, to cram it in there, to make me feel better, to get what I needed. And going through the, you know, this process of working the steps and releasing that, which is blocking me from my higher power, um, you know, that, that spiritual awakening was starting, you know, we start through these steps and we, we experience a spiritual awakening that it tells us in step 12, you know, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, you know, it's, it's, these aren't the only promises that occur. And to me, the promises are simply, you know, descriptions of our spiritual awakening as we go through this process. And here they're culminating in a big way as we're, um, you know, cleaning up the past as we're taking care of the things that ultimately were blocking us. And when I'm connecting to this higher power, this, you know, this God in my understanding is, is all, you know, the opposite of everything that I could ever generate on my own. And to have that, that self-seeking, that selfishness, you know, it all about me, 
because now I'm I'm truly connecting to and trying to connect to this power, you know, and seek God's will and and to arise above everything that I think I know about myself and be willing to keep growing along spiritual lines, you know, and it's not about me. And sometimes I do make it about me, but I stay in the steps today. Um, and I'm just so grateful that I can be in a world of, you know, of God-centeredness and not self-centeredness. With that, I pass. Thank you, Rick J. Dara L. is going to be next, but before Dara L. shares, I just want to let people who got on the line late know what we're sharing on, and that is the two sentences that start on line four on page 84 with, we will lose interest in selfish things through self-seeking will slip away. Okay, thanks for waiting. Dara L., it's your turn. Thanks so much. I'm Dara L. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Philadelphia. Um, These two sentences brought me back to eight months ago. And the first conversation I ever had with my sponsor, God love her, um, she said to me at our first conversation, you know, think of how useful you're going to be when you recover. And I said, F that. I don't want to be useful. I just want to stop killing myself with food. Like I was so obsessed with me. I was so obsessed with me. I, I didn't care. I didn't care about anyone else. Didn't care about anything else. Um, And, you know, that was coming off of a little over a year-long relapse. And and prior to my relapse, I will say, I had five years of abstinence, um, much of which was stark raving abstinence. I was not in program um, for the last three years of that. And I, in that period of three years, I had arranged my life um, to make myself happy. You know, I set out on this mission to get everything that I wanted outside of me. And um, the worst thing that ever happened to me was that I got it. Um, Everything on the outside looked great. And inside, I wanted to die. And I was suicidal. And I was depressed. And, um, and I had everything I wanted, you know, so I didn't, I didn't understand. Um, But now, you know, after working these steps, and I continue to work these steps, and continuing to develop a relationship with God, um, you know, I know that my obsession with myself almost killed me. And I know that the answer, um, you know, if I want to be happy, like my way to be happy is not to go about trying to get every single thing that I think I want, because that as an addict is the surest way to make me miserable. And, um, So, yeah, this idea that all I have to do is get out of my own way um, and my life gets better and better is actually like a tremendous relief for someone like me who spent my entire life trying to figure out like how to fix me, (laughs) Um, you know, and uh, and the truth is, is like I just that sense of belonging and love and connection, you know, that I always craved that I saw in food. You know, I get here in learning how to be both a teacher and a student, learning how to kind of walk this path with other people. And um, and I love that these are called the promises because they are, you know, they happen. Like none of us are so terminally unique that we can't get this if we do the work. Um, and I think for me, you know, what I have to believe in order to be willing to do this is that God actually does love me, created me, and wants me to be happier 
than I even want to be um, and is going to craft my life according to exactly what it's supposed to look like if I just align my will with God's. And so, um, you know, I think for me, like knowing that self-sacrifice is not to make me miserable, it's actually, and it's not even self-sacrifice, it's just like, can I live in accordance to who I was designed to be? Um, yeah, and I'll pass and thank you so much. Thank you, Dara L. Loretta H., and then we'll take more names for sharing. Good morning, Rebecca, and everyone on this line who saves my life every day. Loretta H., compulsive a reader, anorexic, recovered for today, and never cured. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook on life will change. Um, a new direction, a new direction. Uh, I get up in the morning and I have a date with God. Uh, and I listen to his will, but I also am a maid, M-A-I-D, to his will. I make that decision, but I, now I've got a new direction and a new way of looking at life. And as other people have shared, my life was centered around me, me, me. Um, a person told me to read Bill's story, and I thought there were 29 times that um, the word me was used or I, there is 340 times that that word I, myself, or I was used in um, that chapter. And that was me. And I used that probably every day, 340 times about me. And today, um, if I use God's corrective directives, because I've got a new direction and I've got a new employer, I have a a plan, like somebody said at Thanksgiving last year, what the thing they're bringing to dinner is their ideal relationships. And I thought that was brilliant because Thanksgiving dinner is a food day for me as a compulsive overeater. And I thought, what a different attitude to look at every day in that way that I am going to bring a new attitude to whatever relationship or whatever happens to the table of that day. And so today, because of that, uh, food, I am very neutral in food. I've been in many 24 hours without the food, but my mind is still very, very sick and crazy. That's where all my weight is. And so I have to every day have a plan and a practice. And that's by working the steps. And 10 and 11 helped so much, especially lately. They've really, really helped with um, my sanity and also my directions. Because I, um, as somebody once said, um, the steps are so that we don't commit suicide and the traditions are so that we don't commit homicide. And today I've got those directions with my steps and working this program and helping other people. And I really thank you guys for saving my life. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Loretta H. If you haven't shared on A Vision for You on Friday or Monday and would like to share on the two sentences that start on line four on page 84, with we will lose interest in selfish things through self-seeking will slip away, please press star one to unmute and state your first name and last initial. Kim A. Jackie A. Um, 
Allison C. Jane F. Oh, wait one sec. Nobody speak for Larry. Me. Larry K. Wait, 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 Larry. Wait, don't, don't. Sorry. Nobody say anything. Okay, I have Kim A. Then was it Allison L? Yes. Okay, and then it was Jackie, and then another Allison. Or what? Who was after Jackie? Allison C. Yeah, another Allison. Eileen okay. S. Eileen S. And then I'm going to put Larry K. on the end if there's time. So Eileen, was it F as in Frank Fellowship or S as in Sam? I'll find out. Okay, we've got Kim A., Allison L., Jackie, I don't have the initial, Allison C., Eileen, maybe F., and Larry K. Kim A., go right ahead. Kim A. Probably unmuting. Hi, it's Kim A. in New York City. And I was a chronic relapser in OA for 18 years, trying to manage my food, weighing and measuring, avoiding ingredients, avoiding places where I might be triggered holidays where I might be triggered, and I couldn't figure out why I just could not get my shit together, and I just felt like a failure. And it wasn't until I worked the steps, as they're written in the big book, that I really started to understand the problem. I mean, not, you know, I mean, mostly through reading the book with my sponsor and working the steps, that for me, it wasn't about any of that. My compulsive eating wasn't about certain foods or ingredients. It wasn't that I wasn't managing my food well enough. It was all about the way I was living my life, which was all about my attitude and my outlook. And I learned in steps four and five that that attitude and outlook I had was so selfish and so emotionally dishonest and inconsiderate. And I knew I was selfish. I didn't really think I was this that dishonest, but it opened up a whole new awareness for me of why I was miserable. I was miserable only because of myself. You know, I was this big victim because of all these things in my life, none of which, I mean, my life was fine. Um, but because I was all about self-seeking, that's why I compulsively ate. And when I began to look at it kind of through that lens instead of like, okay, well, how can, I, how can I get abstinent? How can I stay abstinent? When I worked the steps, recovered, and lived for a while in 10, 11, and 12 and began to see like on a daily basis, not just in the past, but on a daily basis, how self-seeking and self-centered and dishonest I was, and I was able to you know, by turning my will on my life, right, my thinking and my actions over to my higher power and making it about, okay, what is his will for me and how can I carry that out? Self-seeking slipped away, right? And when self-seeking slipped away, I found neutrality with food. Not all the time, but I somehow stopped binging. Somewhere along the way, I can't tell you when or how, because I wasn't using a food plan. I wasn't managing my food at all. But that's, for me, that was the key. Work the steps, live in 10, 11, and 12, 
do God's will. And if I don't know what God's will is, just wait and the answers come. Let the self-seeking slip away and the food took care of itself. And, and that's what happened with the recovered pioneers who wrote the book. They weren't focused on alcohol, didn't have to avoid places where alcohol was. They could have it in their house, and it was, like, not a big deal. They found neutrality, and I found that same neutrality with food when I worked the steps. Um, thanks. Kim A., New York City. Thanks, Kim A. Allison L. Hi. Good morning. This is Allison L. Thank you for your service. I'm uh, Allison L., recovered compulsive overeater. I'm in South Carolina. So lose interest in selfish things. I think of selfish things here in this middle of step nine. Some of my selfish things were wanting people to do what I thought they needed to do in order for me to feel okay, to be safe, happy, loved. And step nine helps me begin to think of how others might feel or how they might be affected by my spiritual sickness and by their own spiritual sickness as I learned in step four and five. So halfway through step nine, when these promises are said to start appearing, um, I've had to face some of these people and begin to experience genuine moments of losing interest in selfish things. Um, it's a natural part of making amends. Um, I'm forced to have interest and attention to others and not my own you know, small self or my ego. Um, the amends also help me begin to see others as similar to myself to start breaking down those walls and separations I've built up in my mind over the years that that's them and I'm me and we're different. I can begin to truly, you know, I start to truly be interested in them as they respond and share, you know, after my amends, I can be open to that. And my being vulnerable in these amends, um, it helps others to, you know, it opens this window for them to be human as well. Um, and in step nine, I'm not only focusing on past harms, but I have to make sure I'm not harming anyone further by making it. So I can't focus on selfish things in the amends process. I, I, you know, I don't apologize or try to make amends so that I can feel better or try to get someone to forgive me or so I can be less uncomfortable. And all this means I start to see things from others' perspective, to imagine how I harmed them, trying to put myself in their shoes, which is the opposite of self-seeking. When I'm self-seeking, I want others to feel and see and respond from my point of view and uphold my values and priorities so I feel validated and um, myself is assured. And with each amend, this begins to slip away from me and it begins to teach me a new way to be in the world and in relationships, to seek truth. You know, who am I? Who are they? Um, how are we in relationship? And in step nine, that looked like, you know, I could start to see my mom as a woman with her own childhood hurts and life wounds, rather than just, she's my mom, what can she do for me? How is her relationship to me? And then today, five years into recovery, it can translate into me being able to think about, you know, the Department of Healthcare worker I had a phone call about. She's talking to me about our COVID situation. And instead of only thinking about my family and how we're affected, I could think of her and have compassion for how hard her job is right now. And I could allow space in our call for her to be seen and heard. Um, and it takes continued working of the steps and reliance and trust of my higher power for this to develop. Um, and this promise is, is beautiful. It's a, it's a really a new way of living for me. And um, I encourage you all to keep working through the steps and it'll come true. I pass. Thanks, Allison L. Jackie, and your last initial. Jackie, 
We're waiting for you to unmute. Sorry about that. Hi, I'm Jackie A. I'm from Connecticut, and I am a compulsive eater. I'm re newly reacquainted with OA, and it was suggested by one of the first meetings I went to this week to come to this as a, a daily way to, I'm going to try to work a 90-90 program. And I really like this reading because I'm not that familiar with the big book. I've only honestly been introduced to it last year um, during my job training. And, um, and I've had a really hard time that this last year uh, in dating my former partner and moving in together to realize that I wanted him to be somebody he wasn't ready to be. And I work in healthcare and I really value health and I struggle with my own overeating. And I became somebody I didn't want to be, not only to myself, but I became like a fascist in my own house. And with my clients at work, like they're voluntary. They come, they want to get better. It feels good to work in trauma care, to work in recovery on the weekends. And in my own home, I just felt like it was a uphill battle and just constant criticism. And so I changed that on Monday. And it's very difficult. We live together, um, and it's going to be a process for a while. But uh, I have to work my own food plan, and I have to get back to exercising in a healthy way and eating in a healthy way and finding my own support, and not just through, like, my clinical colleagues, but from the program. And I'm very individually spiritual and at work spiritual, but I, I, wasn't, I wasn't working the steps. And I thought that the NASW Code of Ethics was enough, and it's not. Um, so I like that this, I have to let go of the selfishness because I often think like, because I follow a code that that's the right thing to do. And I believe that the steps could be like that code, but I have to not enforce it on other people. And I just have to be humble enough with myself to know that I'm wrong. And that when I'm not wrong, it's just okay to walk away and not have to fight. Um, so with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Jackie A. Allison C. Did you call me Allison C? I did. Good morning, Allison. Okay, hi. Sorry, I was unmuting. Um, okay, so the, the the thing that stood out to me in these lines, um, I'm really nervous the first time I've ever shared, um, is the losing interest in selfish things and self-seeking. Um, Gosh, I was one of the definitions of self-seeking that I've learned in this program is that we look for others to define um, who we are and to make us something. I have been such a people pleaser my whole life and so insecure. And um, I recently heard um, somebody share a slogan from the old days of in-person meetings: "What other people think of me is none of my business." I mean, this needs to be my mantra. It needs to be my little cream of wheat bowl that follows me around all day. But I mean, I realized the other day that I no longer care what other people think of me or I don't need to care what other people think about me and I don't need to please people and that all I have to do is go to God, that God will tell me who I am and whoever God has made me to be, I mean, that's who I am and, and I just need to be happy with it and fulfill the mission that God has planned for my life. Um, so I really feel like I've achieved that promise, which is amazing. And then losing interest in selfish things. I have lost some interest. Am I there yet? No. Um, I still 
uh, focused on selfish things. Um, but I'm a lot less focused. And just as a result of hearing these lines today, I looked at my to-do list and I crossed off three selfish things on my to-do list to make myself available for more outreach today. Um, and then gaining interest in our fellows. Um, here, I'm, I want to speak to the newcomers. When I first um, uh, was doing uh, work with a sponsor who asked me to make that a daily outreach call to somebody besides herself, I was just like, oh crap, I hate this. Um, and I would just pray. I would pray before every call, please don't pick up. I'm just going to, you know, I just want to get your voicemail and I'm going to leave some lame message on this, like, how are you? And I'm going to hang up and then I'm going to be able to tell my sponsor that I did the outreach call. And, but now it's so different. I mean, I, I love making outreach calls. I love text. I love getting to know people. I have so many OA fellow friends and I know what's going on in their life. I know their health issues. I know their children issues. I know, you know, I know if they like calls, if they, if they like text, if they need resources. And, you know, I really look forward to this outreach. I really have gained interest in, in fellows and it's just an amazing gift. And, um, and basically, you know, the, the sentence at the end of this paragraph, God will do for ourselves what we could not do, what God will do for us what we could not do for ourselves. I mean, that's actually the chorus for every one of these promises. You could just say that refrain after every one of these promises. And, and that's what happened. God did for, the, did for me um, these three things that are in the reading today that I could not do for myself. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Allison C. Eileen F., I think. Eileen, star one to unmute. Hi, I'm Eileen S. from New York. And as I have. Sam or as in fellowship? Sam. Got, oh, okay. Sorry about that. I got it wrong. Go ahead, Eileen oh, S. Sorry to interrupt. This is my first time sharing on a vision for you, although I've been listening to the meetings for months. I've never considered myself shy, but I guess I'm more comfortable in things that I think I know. Um, I am recovered, but feel that I always will be recovering. And what I need is um, I have my fellows are just so important to me, but I have to put more action into and more action and service in this fellowship. And I have been asking God every day um, for his guidance, saying the serenity prayer to have me change the things that I can change and I can change by doing more service. Uh, this program, I feel, has given me a new life, new living, um, a new way of um, eliminating um, some of the defects that I didn't even know I had. I never felt I was dishonest, but I feel that I do omit things, and it's not conscious. So... I am so grateful to be here 
and to each and every one of you. Um, I know after speaking after all these months that this is my step in taking more action and of being more service, of more service to other fellows. I thank you all and have a great day. With that, I'll pass. Thanks, Eileen S. Larry K. We've got a full three minutes. Well, good good morning, Rebecca. Thanks so much. Larry Kay recovered from Chicago. You know, I was thinking uh, with all the, the beautiful shares, you know, self-love is, is is really an effective instinct, <clears throat> right? And it's it's necessary for our, our, our preservation as, as human beings. And and we have we have that in common with other animals, <laughs> right? But selfishness, that's that's a, a mental defect and it's generated by in my opinion, it's generated by the uh, the narrowness of my soul, and um, so I need to, with with God's help, I need to work on that. You know, because for me, you know, would I ever think of a a baby, for example, who's breastfeeding? It's selfish. Oh, that selfish baby! All it does is seek, you know, to eat every day. Of course not. It's built into the instinct. Nor would I. Would I consider someone selfish who's, who spends hours, oh my God, they spend hours every day seeking dialysis treatment. Is that all you can think about is yourself? Would you have time for, for me? I would never think that way, nor would you, right? So there are instincts for self-preservation. And, and, and um, for me, you know, I draw the distinction between that and the narrowness of my soul with selfish and self-seeking behaviors. I know a guy. <laughs> I know a guy talk to him most days he doesn't have time in my opinion he doesn't have time to be selfish now he has he can have self-pity like we can he can have other things we all engage in these things we're human the guy doesn't have time to be selfish you know why because he's so busy um absorbing himself through action in other people's stuff being there for other people not always liking it you know it's not always fun it's inconvenient but why, so why in the hell does he do it? He does it because for him uh, to eat is to die. So, so it's, it's, it's not like, uh, you know, this is uh, Mother Teresa walking around. This is someone who, to eat is to die. He needs alignment with his higher power through service and self-sacrifice for others. And yes, he still has a human instinct. The guy loves himself, not in a bad way, but he loves himself. So these are good lessons for me. Um, I have good models, good teachers like you that I pay attention to. With that, I pass. Thanks, Rebecca. Thanks, Larry. Larry Kay. Um, there's a minute on the clock, so I think I'll grab it instead of losing time opening the floor. I'm Rebecca S. is in fellowship. I'm a grateful compulsive overeater. And I got so much out of everyone's shares today. There's something about moderating the meeting that makes me much more present than when I'm just on the line. So um, thank you for the opportunity. And it's time to close. So um, let's see here. Uh, thank you, everyone, for your participation in this meeting. And for the opportunity to be of service. What I was just saying, the share ID number for this meeting, Friday, September 10th, 
2021, 7 a.m. Eastern Time is 17,722. That's 17722. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Sam S. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page. Good morning, Rebecca. Thank you. Sam S., Recovered Compulsive Reader. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.